Hey guys, thank you for joining me today. My name is Dr. Tom LaHue and uh, welcome to my channel. And we're gonna be looking a little bit at uh, the topic of understanding our identity. So, um, before we get started, in the description below is a link to my website where you can uh, find out more information about booking coaching appointments if you want uh, to do an Enneagram coaching appointment or information about the certificate programs that I offer uh, on Enneagram coaching and relationships and, and so on. Uh, if you want more information, I'd love for you to jump into one of those uh, six-week cohorts that are on Zoom. Also, um, Thanks to my patrons, I really appreciate your continued support for the channel. Okay, so I just want to make a short video and talk about kind of where my mind is going. Um, you know, I'm doing a lot of reading right now um, and appreciate some, some authors uh, that have really helped stretch my thinking on understanding um, the Enneagram and understanding um, personalities and more about our personalities so that we can better relate to ourselves, to God and to others. And um, I just wanted to kind of take you behind the scenes and show you kind of like what I'm working on. So I've been working on a, uh, a, a new class called The Enneagram and the Christian Life. And so this is a class uh, designed around the Enneagram. It's a six-week class um, to explore um, how the Enneagram can help us understand more about ourselves, the people that we relate to, and our, um, our connection with God. And I want to begin with this question, and th this is kind of the stuff that I'm, I'm, I'm working through and thinking through and developing for that certificate program. Um, just some of, the, some of the, the thoughts that I'm wrestling with. I'd like for you, you guys to wrestle with them as well and think about them, okay? Um, let's talk about this question, uh, who am I? You know, um, I think it was... Alice in Wonderland that, you know, looked in the looking glass um, with that question, you know, who am I? Think about the, um, the old uh, uh, witch, you know, in uh, Snow White, mirror, mirror on the wall. When you look in the mirror, uh, who do you see? When you look in the mirror, um, do you like what you see? Do you not like what you see? Um, do you have a tendency to ignore what you see. You know, the Enneagram in many ways is kind of like a mirror that helps us see ourselves and see the parts of ourselves that maybe we have hidden from ourselves, that we hide from others, and maybe that we even try to hide from God. So the Enneagram is a, it can be a very helpful tool in, in helping us understand more about ourselves um, and and maybe see some blind spots that uh, we wouldn't otherwise notice or pay attention to. Um, when you think about that question, who am I? You know, there's a lot of ways that I guess people try to answer that question. Um, all of them seem to be deficient. So somebody might say, well, I know who I am. You know, I'm a dad, that's who I am. I'm a mom, I'm a dad. Okay, well, that is describing a relationship that you have with, with very few people in this world. You know, uh, there was a time when I wasn't a dad, so who was I then? Was I somebody else then? Uh, did having children change my identity? So being a dad or defining yourself as a mom, you, you might be a little bit overemphasizing one particular relationship you have in many different relationships 
that you enjoy in this life. So I have five children, so to five people I am a dad, but I'm not a dad to everybody else. So that that explanation or that that def definition of myself is is far too limited. So a person might say, well, I am a manager at a store. Okay, what about when you're not at the store? Um, and there was a time when you weren't a manager. So who were you then? There might be a time when you're not a manager again, when you move on and pick up a different job. So are you more than a manager? That, that describes a relationship you have to certain people and your, your, your office of employment. So you are employed as a manager. But that still lacks getting to the heart of this definition of who you are. Well, you might say, okay, all right, I am a Democrat, or I'm a Republican, or I'm an Independent, or I'm a Marxist, a Nazi, a Communist. Again, all of those things describe your political views, or your political party, or your political stance, but those might change over a lifetime. Okay, well, I am a musician. I am an artist. I am a hunter. I am a... Again, those are all hobbies, activities that you engage in. Um, I, am an, I am a Baptist. I'm a Methodist. I'm a Christian. I'm a Muslim. Okay, well, that's your belief system. That's your denomination, your church affiliation. What if you have no church affiliation? What are you then? Nothing? Or I'm nothing. So I just, maybe I'm overemphasizing this point, but the ways we typically define ourselves seem to fall short if you actually begin to unpack them. A little bit like an onion, you know, when you cut through every layer of skin, you cut through, you know, every layer of that onion, what do you get to at the center? Are we like an onion, hollow on the center, or, you know, without a core, or are we like an apple with a core? You cut through an apple, you're going to find at the center of that apple a core. Well, what is our core? What is our core identity? Um, you might define yourself based on your personality. Well, I'm an extrovert. I'm an introvert. I'm a big picture thinker. Or I'm a person that sees all the details. Um, I'm a planner. I am a... You might over-identify with your feelings. I'm a worrier. That's what I am. I'm a worrier. I'm a planner. Oh, I'm a very strategic thinker. Um, I'm a control freak. And people do define themselves like this through like just, you know, minor aspects that seem very major, minor aspects about themselves. So how do you define yourself? You know, how you define yourself really affects the way you're programmed to live in this world. If you think of yourself as a bad student, then, well, what do bad students do? You know, I guess they, they do poorly um, in their schoolwork. So what if you define yourself as a, um, like I said a minute ago, what if you define yourself as a control freak? Well, what do control freaks do? What if you've been defined by someone else? What if other people in your life have defined parts of your personality that you now over identify with like somebody says something awful to you when you're young says that you're a failure 
or that you are a uh, that you are lazy or that you will never amount to anything you could internalize those words and they could become a part of your identity um and will have a tremendous effect positive or negative on how you view yourself and how you interact in life so what is it that you use to define yourself? Uh, maybe it's your gender. That's very popular right now. People over-identify with their gender or uh, their views about them, their gender. Um, they over-identify with their sexual orientations. Um, that becomes first and foremost. Again, that is, you're more than just that, aren't you? I mean, you're not sexually active with everybody, so... Why would you identify your personhood, your personality, who you are, your core, with this one aspect of yourself? Um, it's, it's, it's so fascinating to think about. Who am I? It seems like a simple question. And again, we have a hundred different ways of defining that. All of them, you know, could be felt very strongly and very passionately uh, by certain individuals. But when you really try to think about the answer to this question, you see that we run up to a, a certain level of difficulty. Who am I? No, that's your job. Who am I? No, that's your relationships. Who am I? No, that's your hobby. That's your political orientation. That's your denominational group. That's your, your citizenship. Well, I'm an American. That happens to be where I live. That happens to be my citizenship. But when I travel abroad, or if I were to even move to a different country, do I cease to be who I am because now I live in a different country? Who am I? What is at the core of who I am? What does it mean to be Tom LeHue? What does it mean to be you, Sally, Janet, Frank? What does it mean to be you? Um, where would you figure out, how would you figure out your identity? Well, I think the Enneagram is a helpful tool in describing for you more about yourself than maybe you've come to realize, like a mirror. You know, looking in a mirror is not always a comfortable experience. Um, when I was young, you know, I could look in the mirror and I'd see a full head of hair and, you know, perfect teeth, well, mostly perfect teeth, and um, big brown eyes. And I could look in that mirror and I could, I, could, I could be relatively pleased with what I saw. Now, I was kind of nervous because all of my uncles were bald and I used to pull my hair back and think, oh man, one day I might be bald. Oh, what is that going to be like? Well, I'm not gonna worry about that right now. And uh, <laughs> it's funny, you know doesn't seem like such a big problem now, but it seemed like a big problem then. Uh, you know, looking in the mirror, for example, I'm, I'll be 50 this year. In November, I'll be 50. So you see yourself changing. You see yourself aging. You see white, you know, in your, in your beard. You see uh, uh, yourself getting older. And that isn't always a pleasant experience. When you look in the mirror and you see hair coming out of your ears, you know, uh, or in between your eyes, or coming out of your nose, and you're like, oh, I need to take care of that. 
I need to be careful how I'm presenting myself out there in the world. Well, I think people, I think we're prone to do that same thing. Um, very careful how we're presenting ourselves in this world. Um, we, you might say, over-identify with our strengths. Or we over-identify with our weaknesses or our failures. And so we're very cautious how we're coming across to people. We want to present ourselves as loving, caring people. Or we want to present ourselves as responsible and disciplined. Or as an achiever. You see where I'm going with this? The Enneagram helps us see how we've over-identified with certain characteristics. Or we might say gifts. Gifts that God gives us. We over-identify with these gifts. I'm a joyful, fun person. Look at me acting crazy and goofy. And look at me getting prepared and being careful. Look at me knowledgeable and insightful. Look at me creative and unique and special. Look at me a leader, influencer, in charge, the boss. Look at me calm and mild. The Enneagram helps us see that we over-strategically or without much strategic thought, we over-identify and protect ourselves in this world. But when you get through all of that, when you get behind all of that, we might realize that we're not very free. We're not necessarily choosing much of our actions. A lot of our actions just are impulse. Like we're just compelled to do it. We're compelled to think this way without a lot of thought. And it's interesting, we find it interesting, that why aren't other people compelled to think the same way I am? The Enneagram helps us to see that we all have different starting points, uh, different ways of seeing life and seeing the world. We, different. The Enneagram can be a helpful tool in helping us get to the roots of this question, who am I? And what makes me different than my neighbor or my wife or my kids? Um, it may not give us all of the answers. I think there are other things out there that provide us with answers. Again, there's a reason why I'm a pastor, right? So this is a little Bible, okay. Um, there are other tools out there that also describe themselves as mirrors um, to help us see more about ourselves than maybe we would be inclined to see on our own. At the heart of this question, who am I? I think we eventually arise at this issue of being a person. Now, that seems kind of obvious, doesn't it? I'm a person. Well, it isn't that obvious. I, I think we use the term, but rarely do we define the term. What does it mean to be a person? Where does our personhood, quote unquote, come from? I mean, do you describe, let's just think of it like this. Do you describe dogs and cats as persons? Um, I mean, dogs and cats can be very precious to us and we love them. Um, but usually we don't call them persons. So what does it mean to be a person? And what kind of person are you? And what kind of person are you becoming? And how... How, as a person, have you come to define yourself? Ultimately, I think being created in the image of God, we are persons because God is person. 
all right? And I didn't say a person, I said person. God reveals himself to us as Father, Son, Spirit. Three persons in one. And God has created us in his image, so we reflect that personhood. What does it mean to be a person? Now, how smart do you have to be to be a person? Well, you don't have to be that smart. How, how uh, and I'm not saying that like, oh, people out there are dumb. I just mean even people who have difficulties, who are born with disabilities and challenges, um, who may not have, um, you know, the, uh, the most advantages in this life, they are still persons. Doesn't matter the color of your skin, right? It doesn't matter the color of your skin. Every person is a person regardless of the externals. What matters is what? On the inside. Okay. So we're starting to get through these layers of the onion past the job, past the relationships, past my religious beliefs, past my political stance, past my geographical location. And we're starting to, to get to the core of this issue. At the inside, I'm a person. You are a person. And all persons should be treated with a certain level of respect, dignity, care, just because they are persons. Persons created in the image of God. So your value we're already starting to answer value questions. Where does your value come from? It comes from the fact that you are a person created in the image of God. We start to even hint at purpose in life if you define yourself in this way as, per, as person created with a specific uh, purpose in life. So we're just starting to like scratch at the surface of, the, of this question of who I am and, and identity. Um, the Enneagram helps us to see that we are wired as persons in certain ways with strengths, challenges, weaknesses, impulses, compulsions, and that the way I'm wired as a person is a little different than the way some other type of people might be wired. Even if you just broke it down to nine categories, you know, and let's just say that we took nine categories and we said nine different fruits, okay? So apples, oranges, grapes, bananas, you know, they're all fruits, very different, but even among specific types of fruit, there's a lot of differences. How many varieties of apples are there? How many varieties of each of those different kinds of fruits could, you know, we categorize if we went and did research and studied and looked at all that science, you know, and nature has brought together, there's probably, I don't know, lots of different options, lots of different varieties within each one of those kinds of fruits. And so not every seven is going to be the same. Not every six is going to be the same. There's going to be lots of variety. We're colored by our subtypes. We're colored by our, uh, by our wings. We're colored by our state of health. We're colored by our age. We're colored by how we relate to others. And so there's a lot of factors that play into what kind of, of, of six or three or two you are 
but we start to be able to categorize and understand what kind of person I am. So this is the kind of stuff that my brain is working on right now. I don't know whether you find this interesting. Maybe, you've, maybe you're not watching this anymore, and if that's the case, then this conversation won't mean a lot that we're about to have. But uh, maybe you are still watching this, and you're interested in this subject as well. Um, this is the kind of stuff that I'm working through and thinking through and reading about. Um, a very helpful book um, that's been quite challenging is this book, Mirror for the Soul by Alice Freiling. Um, a book that um, we're going to use in this course, The Enneagram and the Christian Life. Um, but if this kind of topic interests you, then I'd like for you to consider uh, jumping into uh, that that uh, cohort that's going to be beginning soon on um, the Enneagram and the Christian life. We're going to be unpacking this from a distinctly Christian perspective. It's not just a spiritual perspective, generic spiritual, but from a Christian worldview or a Christian uh, perspective. So um, until I see you guys again, let these ideas roll around or rattle around as it may be in your brain and uh, um, let it let the seeds begin to germinate. You know, when ministers go to university, it's called seminary, S like from the word uh, seminal or seminar uh, or semen, uh, seed. Seeds are planted, and those seeds. You know, you're not given all the answers in seminary, but you are. But seeds are supposed to be planted that begin to grow, and through the rest of your life, we're going to be growing. And so let the seeds germinate in, in your thinking about this concept of what does it mean to be a person um, and what kind of person am I? And how would I know this about myself? And then once I know this, what difference would it make? Uh, what kind of person am I becoming? Where are my blind spots? Where are my rough edges? And how can I learn to get along with the persons that are in my life in a, in a more healthy, balanced way? Okay, well, blessings, guys. I'll see you next time. And as always, be present to life. Something that I think sevens struggle with because in our planny, dreamy way, we tend to focus on future and other options and to re remind ourselves to be here and don't miss here. Um, you know, one day we're going to look back on these days uh, with hopefully fondness, and we might miss uh, these days. But right now, we may be so distracted from these days that we're not very present to right now. So be present to life. Don't miss what's right in front of you. Don't miss the opportunities right in front of you to grow and to stretch and to love and to challenge and to encourage uh, because you're so focused on the way things ought to be or how other people are perceiving you, um, or what you could be doing, or what might be happening, uh, what might come around the bend, uh, or why other people are doing what... Don't be so distracted. I'm, I'm talking to myself here. Don't be so distracted that you can't be present to what's right in front of you. You know, happiness happens right now. Joy happens right now, if you're present to it. Um, all right, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye.